tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Friendly Ghost, Vision Quest, Powers of Miss Katie, and Reincarnation Update. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted, a podcast where Crystal and Robert watch episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, apparently on, available on YouTube now, so I no longer have to specify we're doing so in a completely copyright, non-infringy way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, uh, Robert, I had an uh, interesting run-in the other day. You didn't drop any of this no. while we were talking before I know. the podcast. I'm, I, uh, uh, I'm sneaky like that. Gosh. Okay. Okay. Uh, no. So I was. Uh, I had some friends that were dog sitting for me while I was in New Orleans, which we will talk <gasps> about in a moment. And they, ha- while I went to go pick up the dog from them, they had another friend over uh, whose name <gasps> I won't. Don't get too excited. Like this oh. is just like kind of exciting but not like super exciting anyway i uh, they had a friend over and she had just um she's now booked to to be and be on the production crew i think for two episodes of the new unsolved mysteries reboot for netflix oh i see okay that's cool so she is currently under an nda agreement that is a non-disclosure agreement for the yeah uh folks out there um but i kind of threw it out there like once she's able to talk about making the show when she's not under when then that would be when the show comes out whenever that is that could be years from now frankly (laughs) whenever the show comes out she's not under the nda anymore and and i thought about maybe having her come by and talk about uh behind the scenes of making unsolved mysteries yeah i'm all all game for that absolutely I'm also eager for when all my NDAs uh, are no longer in effect. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could talk about them, but that's sort of the yeah. thing about an NDA, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we got a we got an interview episode coming up possibly yeah. at some point it's been in the, the next couple future. of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully she'll. Hopefully, wanna... we don't finish this podcast before. Yeah, then. yeah. I don't think there's any chance of that happening, but. Um, Maybe she'll she'll still be interested. So be on the lookout mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, I went to uh, got back from New Orleans last weekend. Took a birthday mm-hmm. trip. Ate a lot of good food. Um, took a tour of the French Quarter in one of those. Uh, you hire a mule and a guide. <laughs> no, they're in a carriage, but they're pulled by a mule. Oh, okay. and uh, I was, I was trying, I had two different mental images in my mind. One of you and Dave riding on a mule being pulled by the guy or just walking alongside the guy and his mule. We were in a carriage with other people. <laughs> that makes but, much more sense. But part of the tour takes you through this cemetery that is because there's a lot of cemeteries in New Orleans and they're big tourist attractions because all the tombs are above ground. And mm-hmm. we went to one that it's now been closed by the archdiocese to the public because people are coming in and vandalizing and stuff. There was a specific incident during the filming of Easy Rider 
uh, you can look up what happened there, but basically, um, Dennis Hopper ruined it for the rest of us. So you can only go in there for, with a guide. And I saw amongst other things, the tomb of Marie Laveau, um, who was the famous voodoo priestess slash hairdresser. Uh, and, um, also the guy, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of the Supreme court case, but it was something Ferguson versus Plessy. Plessy? Yeah. Saw uh, Plessy's oh, wow. tomb. Yep. And, um, we also saw the pyramid, which Nicolas Cage will be buried in when he passes. What? We won't be buried in it. He'll be entombed in it. Yeah. There's a. Yeah. Pure. Uh, I'm. Yes. What? You heard me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not incredulous that that's like a thing, considering everything else we know about Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. I just I wasn't. This is prearranged. Yeah. Why do you know why a pyramid? Is it for that pyramid power? Uh, <laughs> which yeah, out. we'll 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 be talking about later in this episode, which is why I thought to bring it up. I think so. Um, our guide said it had something to do with Scientology, but then I was like pretty sure that Nicolas Cage is not a Scientologist, and we looked it up afterwards, and he's not. No, so no. his Satan his count has got to be through the roof. Oh, totally. I mean, I mean, he's he's uh, he's a national <laughs> treasure. Um, <laughs> well, we can just stop this episode right now. Okay, uh, we'll just well, we won't pop that. Shut it down. Yeah. yeah, no. So the whole story of the pyramid is he like because he's not a member of that uh, congregation that the. And it gets crowded in there, uh, in that cemetery. He had to. He ended up paying something like two million dollars to build this thing, and then have it in the cemetery because you essentially rent lease the plot from the church. And then on top of that, he's paid for perpetual care. Hmm. And also, there's a thing. So a lot of families like they entomb ancestors in the same tomb. So there's like a tomb can have seven or eight generations of people in there. Yeah. But Nicholas Cage's tomb is special because it says in Latin on the front of it, he's to be buried alone. <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing about this is mm-hmm. not only is this probably the least expensive thing he's blown money on. Uh, yeah, probably. And, uh, and but it's also probably the least craziest as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I'll it's buy a, thirty thousand yeah. Faberge eggs, please. Yeah, it's uh. So that was an interesting part of the trip. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um. You know, speaking of the South, should I, we? Uh, I'm detecting a lead-in to it's our... A, it's a very slow, long segue. We're talking about the Gray Man. Or rather, the Gray Man's ghost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... Now, if you watched this episode on Unsolved Mysteries, or the last one, you'll know that this is a special Halloween-themed episode. Yep, yep. Sort of. Uh, uh, I was uh, this. We we had a fairly okay start to this Halloween episode with this story. It's actually funny. This is 
not to not to take us off on a tangent, but when I had bought some Unsolved Mysteries DVDs, mm-hmm. uh, like the Ghost Pack, mm-hmm. I was showing some friends them, people who remember the show but hadn't watched it in a long time, so they remembered it being like really scary. And then this, this was back like 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. One of them was relating to me like before before we started watching that she was like having some almost serious anxiety oh wow about about this because you know just the memories of of seeing the show and just being traumatized by it as a Mm -hmm. kid Mm -hmm. and this was actually the first episode on that particular disc from the ghost collection we watched Mm. and after having gone through it there was like this visible sort of relief on her as the the segment was ending, and she's like, "Ah, that wasn't too bad." Mm-hmm. It's not and scary for sure. It's not a scary ghost situation. No. It's actually a sort of sad, lovelorn ghost situation. Uh, we sort of uh, you have to start back in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. You had a situation where, like, what a, a, a planter was going to be marrying his lady love um planter is a very generous reading of the situation (laughs) yeah i i I also yeah i I found it very interesting it was interesting too when they're describing how he was riding along uh, on the island this is in pawnee polly's island Mm. right Mm. yeah in south carolina sure uh, he was riding along with a quote unquote servant, uh, manservant, manservant, his manservant. A- another use euphemism they 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 threw in there, uh, and he apparently fell off his horse. If we were to believe the reenactment, he fell off his horse into a a foot tall pond uh, a stream. And drowned, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I it didn't even really look like a hard enough fall. And it was on sand? Yeah. Well, I want to back up for just a second. Robert Stack's narration uh, tells us it was out of, what, youthful... It was like the night before, the day before he's supposed to be married to his fiancé. I assume this guy was uh, similarly from some aristocratic Southern family um, because the fiancé lives on a plantation... Mm-hmm. important detail uh so youthful impatience am i supposed to read this as horny is he saying he's horny because it feels horny oh are you suggest yeah i was a little vague on what exactly he was out doing writing i think he was writing to his fiance but he was trying to get at that before the wedding he was just so excited <laughs> Really? He couldn't wait another 24 hours? I guess, How long were they courting? I dude, I don't I don't even know what's going on here. Why was he on the horse? It doesn't... From the reenactment, it looks like he should have been fine when he fell off of it. And further, it is very awkward when his manservant goes to help him. Mm-hmm. Because very clearly, I hear the manservant say Massa. Oh, no. I didn't catch that. I, yeah, I, I was rewinding. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. What do you think the odds are he fell off his horse and the 
manservant actually held him underneath the water after seeing an opportunity to um, rid himself of- you know a lot of things are possible here i'm i just feel like the way this story is being being told and just getting more questions than answers yeah as to but, how and why but this guy thing, died yeah one thing we can be certain though is he's he, he was most definitely dead yes and so his fiance was apparently quite sad at that. Right? Yeah, she had no reason to live anymore. Apparently, even though she was a rich young lady that lived on a plantation, but game over, I guess. Right. Right. So she just took a lot of walks along the beach, mm-hmm. and I can't recall what happened. Uh, like, oh, oh, yes, yes. Like, didn't she have a dream where he came to her in the dream? And warned her about a storm. Yeah, he said he told her to get off the island. Yeah, to get off the island. Yeah. And thus begins a chain of events where his spirit or ghost is uh, appears in conjunction with warning people about impending uh, hurricanes. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. They interview a number of old timers. <laughs> <laughs> that presumably were still alive at the uh, end of slavery um, from from uh, this island in South Carolina, and they just they have a bunch of anecdotes about you know people seeing seeing this gray man on the beach, and it sort of being this auger auger yeah of uh, of a storm to come. But also, they're kind of saying if you see him, it's sort of lucky because your because property will be spared. Right, right. Everyone, yeah. everyone recounts how like the entire neighborhood has been wiped out, but their house is not only still standing, but mm-hmm. literally papers and towels are undisturbed. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a neat it's a neat sort of ghost a spin on the ghost. Uh, idea, mm-hmm. um, but I have to I have to say like because uh, they one of the last people they interview are, are, are is that Jim Moore and his his wife um, Mrs Moore mm-hmm. they they were involved in the last um, as of the filming uh, sighting but they didn't realize it was the gray man until after the hurricane hit and their house again was, was completely untouched because mm-hmm. they had like, they, they actually played themselves in the reenactment. They're walking along the beach and I guess the gray man was walking the other direction. And I don't know about you, but I mean, obviously of course they're not actual actors, but the way they, they depict them walking along and the, Jim described how he was going to uh, look up and say something like, you know, good afternoon or whatever, as you would to anyone you pass by um, while on a walk that like they his his depiction of him looking away and looking back is more just like a very shallow dip of the eyes Mm -hmm. to the point where you really shouldn't be losing line of sight on on the mm-hmm. gray man at all but the one thing i wanted to ask in concerning all of these reenactments is is it just me mm-hmm. or does the gray man sort of remind you of billy the kid as portrayed in bill and ted's excellent adventure <laughs> <laughs> sort of a similar body type, face, and clothing. Uh, 
Sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I haven't watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure enough or more recently to co-sign that a hundred percent, but you know, was, let me tell you that thought kept popping into my head. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes. Yeah. So we have like a, a non scary ghost situation where he's warning people about oncoming storms. And if you see him, it's a, that thing that crystal said earlier and your house will be spared <laughs> an auger or an auger. I can't auger. remember how that word auger. is said. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty, this is a decent enough start to this supposedly Halloween themed episode. Uh, and it's, it's a nice sort of non scary ghost story. Yeah. Kind of, it's... kind of tragic though. Yeah, it is, and um, I I think there's some pretty sad stories about Hurricane Hugo, which hit in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Like and, all the people whose houses got destroyed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to talk about my trip too much, but uh, being in New Orleans, uh, you know, Katrina was 10 years ago, and... Um, Oh, there's yeah. still a lot, there are a lot of folks that were, that came that are still there that had that devastation happen in their house and interestingly um one of the tours you can sign up for oh, no. through the company is just called oh, a no. Katrina tour and I don't really know what's going on there but the the point is that oh, you know, no. even 10 years out it was you know it's not something people forget so uh unfortunately there was no gray man to help out the folks in new orleans in that particular time so uh Bima will not be able to help you yeah if only right <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. uh i mean unless you count like kanye west but i don't think he he's not a ghost right he's still alive <laughs> Oh my god. Robbie, did you like the segment? Yeah, I give it a solid six on a scale of ten. Yeah. It was fine, I thought. I don't yeah. unfortunately don't have much much more to say about it. Um I, I have to say I was I was at first I was a little unsure about the with with the woman who was portraying his fiance. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know if her clothing was period appropriate or not. At first, God, yeah, it did feel a little bit like Laura Ashley, not so much like Southern Belle. Yeah. Now, granted, this was, I think it was like the 1820s that this happened, right? So they wouldn't Mm. have been, um, she wouldn't have been wearing like a a Scarlet O'Hara hoop type skirt. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's not really too off it just felt like it was, she was wearing something more like early 1900s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know hmm. so yeah. the, the there's my costume criticism fantastic yes uh should we move on to <laughs> yes let's move on to david stone david stone What? Who is David Stone? He's like a Wall Street guy or something, right? Stock market analyst. Yeah. Yes. This is a. What was it a missing persons? Yeah. This segment? is. Yeah. So the the 
one before it, I think, was the unexplained, and then this is definitely a missing person segment. Right. Uh, it kind of, though, strangely enough, this one to me felt almost like the most Halloween ish. Mm-hmm. And not because of the tenuous reason reasoning that they used, which was that he, I think he left for his great spirit journey on mm-hmm. Halloween, right? But rather that this is just, it's sort of the, it's a little, stra- the, the story's a bit strange. And mm-hmm. also, um, it just, it, it feels more menacing than the, mm-hmm. the rest of the, uh, the rest of the segments. So, it, it, like... It, it, it's you know on the scariness spectrum I think it's it, it's the highest ranking of them but basically David Stone yes was a stock market analyst from La Jolla California Woo-woo! and uh, he's at a party one night right and he gets a little inebriated and he gets yeah. he gets in a fight is that right yeah like they they in the segment they sort of put forward this proposition that there's this duality to David. Like, in some ways, he was, I guess, what, like, really kind and and, and whatnot. But he, at the same time, he also had this rage and anger in him. Mm -hmm. And this is depicted in the uh, reenactment where he's at a party. Mm -hmm. And... He walks into a room and a friend or acquaintance of his is at the party doing something with a golf club. I guess d- d- I guess showing off his swing or something. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess if you're probably traveling in stock market analyst circles, people like to show off their golf swings all the time. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. A tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. They keep showing this portrait of David. Oh man, it's a stunning portrait. It's re- he has really like like Mark Zuckerberg shark eyes though. Do you notice oh, this? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's intense. Yeah, and they and it's one of those things that Unsolved Mysteries does, and they do it twice in the segment where they linger and then zoom in for like too long. <laughs> on it and that creeps that creeps me out more than anything so they're coupled with this guy's like shark eyes it's like and there's and there's something to the well and it's i think i would put forward that it's augmented by the lighting that's going on because mm-hmm. it kind of almost feels like it's the ghost of the menacing stock analyst mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh that that the image kind of almost conveys mm-hmm. um yeah and sure enough like uh, those those eyes sort of definitely speak to a, a dark side to David yeah. because in the reenactment he walks in and just starts punching the guy yeah. who's showing off his golf swing for like with no provocation. I can only assume that in real life maybe it was you know they got in an argument or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I gotta say like uh, the guy the guy who's playing his acquaintance takes a uh, quite a few very measured <laughs> simulations of a punch to the stomach mm-hmm. it did not it did not speak the, the reenactment of the fight did not seem too too real to me no it was well anyway so david the next morning gets up and he's he realizes he's got some rage issues he needs to probably go work on and so he packs up some things in a car and his friend 
I guess he spent the night at the friend's house or something. I don't know what's going on here. But anyway, the friend comes yeah. out to David's car and he's like, listen, uh, what are you doing? And David's like, well, I'm going to, I need to like do some thinking. I'm going to head out to Sedona. I think he says Sedona, Arizona. Oh yeah. I don't remember the, uh, the location. I just remember that, uh, what stood out to me was this was all in conjunction with his new age. Yeah. This is, I don't, they jump to this new age stuff pretty quickly without really backing up a story saying, you know, David had been getting involved with some people or maybe started attending a new church. They don't really, it kind of seems like he just sort of did stuff on his own, devised his own new age sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then Robert Stack has to explain that new age stuff has to do with numbers and tarot and palm reading and pyramid power and pyramid power uh without ever explaining what pyramid power is i still don't know okay well i think i might have an insight to that okay back back like 20 years ago i was watching a movie on hbo do you remember how they're back in the 80s in conjunction with all the satanic panic and i guess apparently also possible new age panic though i guess it, it doesn't really come off as panic in this segment just sort of you know yeah I also yeah please continue and then i want to say something about right stack um so there was also the the hysteria that like every daycare place they were like all molesting the kids do you remember that being yeah i actually well i I just listened to um another podcast where they went did a deep dive into that case i think it was in southern california where that all started right 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 yeah and i I, in this hbo i think it was an hbo original movie sort Mm -hmm. of depicting this this is back when hbo original movies were like uh, lifetime Mm-hmm. movies today uh during the trial like the topic of pyramids comes up mm-hmm. because i guess the guy the accused guy had some pyramids or something and it was uh, i guess the suggestion was that like the pyramids could enhance your sexual power by a oh. hundredfold oh and the, but then there's also they elaborated that there was a another type of pyramid like if you just had the outlines of a pyramid, so not like walls on the sides, but just the like if struts or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. that that was like whatever the term was, and it would increase your sexual power one thousand fold. Oh, do you think Which that's sounds- why Nicolas Cage is being buried in a pyramid? <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Earlier when we were talking about the Nicolas Cage pyramid thing, and that thought was running through my head throughout the entire conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I'm not terribly familiar with whatever New Age religion is, mm-hmm. but I think I'm a little bit more familiar with your run-of-the-mill, you know, Grigri, your hoodoo, your... I don't know what, but I never understood this pyramid thing. Like pe- people like, didn't they, wasn't that what the whole movie national treasure is about? Like there's a pyramid on the dollar bill and it's the clue to the something. Find out about the, the, the 
cons the Declaration of Independence. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something here, Crystal. Yeah. I I actually haven't watched National Treasure. You know, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the number of times we've mentioned it or made drops of it in our <laughs> podcast, I think we've done pretty well at concealing that fact for the last couple of years. Um, well, I think that's that's probably that should probably be one of our uh, Patreon only episodes. We both sit down and watch <laughs> National, National Treasure. Treasure. <sighs> anyway, well, so so David g- goes out into the to the, the desert, and um, he's out there with his car, and he's parked on the side of the road. They make a, a lot of the eyewitnesses that say they ran into him make a big deal of saying that he was wearing shorts. Um, right, I guess maybe. Well, if if it was Halloween, that would be late October. Yeah. So it would it would pro it would probably start getting cold at night. Yeah. Well, and in my gosh, I remember from Reno, you know, it gets really cold at night, and right around Halloween's when it starts snowing too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Precise. so the it, it it the segment reads as very hot weather, but it's in fact he probably was David went out in very cold weather. Um, and so first he's parked on the side of the road. It looks like he's sketching on the hood of his car. He's just drawing a little picture. People people are stopping by because they think his car is broken. Yeah, down. and they say, "Hey, can we give you a lift somewhere? You're, what's is your car okay?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm fine. It's all good." And then later on, he and this is actually how the segment opens. He's walking down the side of the highway with a walking stick, and some mm-hmm. guy in a truck pulls up to him and says, "You know, hey, hey, man." Are you okay? And David. David's like, yeah, I'm okay. And this guy's like, well, you're out. It's going to get kind of cold. You're out here in shorts. And David's like, no, it's okay. I'm looking for the beast. A beast, quote unquote. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. And then uh, in the reenactment, the man in the truck goes, well, the beast isn't going to be out here. Well, I feel like the man in the truck don't know. So, <laughs> uh, and then... And then, uh, so David's basically disappears after that, and through uh, they send out a search party for him. Uh-huh. Um, do they end up taking some dogs later as well? They have some bloodhounds. Yes, and- uh, I think at at the very conclusion of the search, because during the course of the search, they find a number of couple of different things. They found find a pyramid of rocks. Mm-hmm. They find a couple, uh, right? Scattered. Yeah, st- symbols constructed like that. They find the what is it? The Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, oh. I, are you familiar with what that is? Because I'm not. Oh, I I just assumed you were going going to be. So I I was counting. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't bother to actually look it up. I didn't either. I thought you would know. I'm going to try to like very. Stealthily well, look it up. Apparently, on... it's a series or pattern of numbers that, according to the segment, would be very familiar to any um, stock market analysts. Precisely. Uh, but the problem is, you see, the last two numbers written in the sand of the Fibonacci sequence are not correct. What David had written instead was the number 18, which, by the way, was the number of his football jersey in high school, which, by the way, was the age when he went to college, which, by the way, was also the number of... Uh, the mile marker on Highway yeah, E. Yeah, which... 
and by the way, was also the last two digits of his phone number, and can this all be a coincidence? I think not. You ever had the suspicion that you've been abducted by aliens? <laughs> it's... I guess, like, if you... Do, what... Because in their 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 hypothesis is that he wrote that as some sort of message to let them know that he was in trouble. Yeah. But, but <laughs> why would you make such a cryptic message? Like I need. It, it's basically if you were like like in that running sort of trope where if you're on a desert island, you you write you know help on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. But like you decided to put it in greek or latin yeah you, so, so so that any pilots overhead you, you decide to, to write it in binary code <laughs> yeah we get a lot of lunacy going on yeah. here and it's not all david's that's for sure yeah so i do think it was sort of interesting in one of the interviews with one of the searchers uh-huh. when they're talking about all the stuff he found the searcher guy who we will say kind of to me struck me as, you know, somewhat of a good old boy, Mm -hmm. but like, I really appreciated how uh, measured he was when he was talking about the stuff they found and how it might relate to David's particular religious, um, you know, uh, affiliation. Like the, the guy was like trying to, go to great efforts not to say like his crazy psychic shit yeah well but again i don't know that we have any evidence whatsoever that david it's not being presented to us anyway that david was into some new age stuff there's no lead up to it they just jump to it as if it's a given yeah i you know it's possible that they have you know people his friends accounts that he is but yeah we don't get it. it Yeah. We don't know anything about it. So we're we're basically concluding that the evidence that David leaves behind of like rock cairns made into pyramids and Fibonacci sequence written in the sand that he's into some new age shit. Um <laughs> A which, Fibonacci sequence with with, with the wrong the numbers. numbers. Um there is also a bit where I think they find what is it, like a pocket bible? that yes. was oh, David's yeah. and then there's like a business card that was shoved into it and so they actually called the guy whose business card it was and it's some local dude and he's like yo I never met David I don't know what yeah, happened he- I don't know how he got my card and basically the guy says the only thing I can think of is I had left my business card at the entrance of a campsite for some friends a few weeks ago right right uh, which, I mean, that seems to check out to me that if David was walking through, he ca- came across that and picked up the card for whatever reason. So, Robbie, what? so we, we do get an update, unfortunately. <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about the we're not going to relate the the exact text of his uh, of his of, of, of the message that he wrote in the in the Bible. Oh, wait, I forgot. He wrote a message. What What is it again? They think the word is in the safe. They think the word six, is in the safe. Six knives in Rob's room. Use buys your tea and use take your chances Halloween. 
which was when they were interviewing one of those searchers or something, he mm-hmm. talked about how he thought part of that was a, uh, was it was a spinoff of the, uh, the saying you buy your ticket and take your chances, which is a saying I've never heard in my life. Yeah. No, I think it was his dad that said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. Was yeah. A saying yeah. that they had. So, um, um Yes, and then like like you say, the they they had dogs that led them to basically a highway where the trail ended. So mm-hmm. the speculation is maybe he had gotten a lift from a uh, someone driving along the uh, the expressway, uh, the interstate, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yes, we do get an update. We get a creepy ass update because they. They show his portrait again, the one of him. And zoom in on it. And zoom in on it for like a full minute and a half or something. God. Uh, so, Robbie, what happened with David? Some hikers found, uh, I guess, the skeleton remains of David mm-hmm. out in the de- out in the area in the desert. Mm-hmm. So he presumably died, possibly what from exposure. Yeah, I would assume they 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 set it up that he would have been ill prepared to have been out there for any length of time. So I would assume he probably died of exposure. Yeah, not any sort of foul play or animal attack or anything like that. Um, what do you think happened to David? Like, what do you think his deal was? Oh, I think this is uh, I think this is a total Adam Hecht situation. Hmm. This, this was someone, like, cause he's working as a stock market analyst, right? Mm-hmm. I got to think that that, sort, that profession is, you know, if anything, possibly even more hollow and empty than being, what was, what was, what was Adam? He's a was tennis he act- coach. Tennis coach, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think you'll find that the lives that those two uh, groups of people live probably inter- intersect in a number yeah. of ways. Yeah. So you so you think he was just he was in fact on like a, like a conscious quest to gain some enlightenment or fulfillment well, or I don't know what to do. I I don't know what degree it was like I'm going on my spirit quest and mm-hmm. I'm packing my crystals and my pyramids and and stuff so much as he was just dissatisfied with his life like you know you just you, you come home, you go to work, you come home. Existence seems just kind of empty. Ugh, tell me about and it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you would empathize with that. Yeah. Uh, he and he just he just had to get away from it, you know. And yeah. it it kind of m- maybe manifested itself in part of part of way of like you know taking on the uh, the beast and this whole spirit thing. But it was mm-hmm. just I think him and Adam just. You know, I th- I think the kind of existences they were living probably were a little just felt felt hollow and empty and not rewarding. I'm gonna take a different tack on this one. Ooh. I think I think uh, David had a total psychotic break, and I think the evidence of that is him attacking someone at a party. I mm-hmm. think he was probably having some dissociative episodes. There are probably a lot of little signs that led up to that that no one really noticed or was putting together. Okay. Um, I think he was very confused. I think the evidence of that is how he wrote that note. It's grammatically 
kind of incorrect and it doesn't it's kind of it's a bunch of non sequiturs that don't make okay. any sense and i think somebody probably of his like class and education wouldn't have done that and okay. if he had been in his like right mind yeah <laughs> um so i think he probably just was uh having some kind of episode and he got confused and lost in the desert. And I think the confusion would also explain him writing the Fibonacci sequence out and getting it incorrect. Ah, interesting. Well, I, it's a shame they didn't bring in a a psychologist to analyze the situation, (laughs) (laughs) but considering the sort of psychologists and psych, psychiatrists that we get in the last two segments of this episode, maybe it's a good thing they didn't bring them in. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Sometimes they (laughs) harm more than help. Um, yeah, I just I think he I think there were probably a lot of little things that led up to him driving into the desert, and they're just not, at least in the segment, whether or not his family was noticing things, right? But in the segment, they're not presenting that he'd been acting a little strangely, or he wasn't remembering things quite right, or he wasn't acting. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like there were probably a, a lot of little things that st- that could be adding up to, you know, maybe he had a stroke. And it affected his memory and his cognitive abilities. So I think there's a lot of, there's probably more of a medical explanation to this than, than him like trying to like find his enlightenment, which I think differentiates it from, from the Adam Heck story a little bit. But a stroke as opposed to like some sort of weird new agey thing doesn't fit into the Halloween. <laughs> no, it's not very Halloween. It's well, I, st- I regardless, it's still a very spooky story. I think. Oh, it's, it's, it's the spookiest segment in this entire episode. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe he just wasn't around the right people to stop him from heading out into the desert, or maybe he was acting just normal enough that no one really suspected that something had happened. You know? Have I have I mentioned that? Um, okay, so go back like about a decade. Mm-hmm. I put some flyers up around UNR trying to recruit for my Civil War club. Mm-hmm. One of the people emailed me. I won't mention his name for you know the uh, obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Contacted me and was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of interested." Da da da. But you know, as as so often happens, he never responded to any of my subsequent emails. Mm-hmm. So go back a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I was scrolling through Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. Someone had shared a news article about how this person had disappeared while hiking oh, in wow. the, the deserts of the Southwest. Wow. Um, and it, yeah, I, at first I was like, I, I mean, I recognized the name mm-hmm. and I, I clicked on it and it was like, you know, Nevada resident roughly the right age range if he was attending UNR a decade before. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, and I, I never really followed up uh, to find, to know what happened, but uh, I think I think his circumstance was just, this was actually someone who enjoyed hiking. It, it could even be a more simple explanation like that too, maybe, uh, David went out into the desert ill-prepared for the type of terrain and temperature 
Yeah. And yeah, he could have he could have been just having a good time. He enjoyed hiking and then got lost and then that was it. I mean, it's it could be it could be as simple as that. But it kind of seems to me like there was something else going on because he got in that fight at the party and yeah. he said, you know, I I need to go get my head sorted out. So I'm thinking maybe he had some other medical stuff going on. But it could be just as simple as he just got caught by surprise. Fascinating. Yeah, but it's a sad story. Which is interesting because our next segment, if you're ready to move on to <laughs> Yes, uh, sad story is an interesting lead-in. Uh, I'm interested to hear about this. Um, there is a woman. Now, I found it interesting that when this segment started, mm-hmm. it was given the designation as, as what? The, the unexplained, right? Yes. As, as opposed to being designated as a fraud segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying, saying anyone in this case, in, in the segments of fraud, just, just saying it's an interesting thing to contemplate. Um, it's what's interesting the most to me overall about the segment is that unsolved mysteries is, is applying a certain incredulity, incredulity and scientific mind to this particular phenomenon in a way that they often don't yes and thank god it's weird it's professor <laughs> paul kurtz let me just say before i i know i know we're not going to get yeah. to him uh, uh, at this you know until later but yeah. thank god for professor paul kurtz and it is so strange to me when unsolved mysteries will just go along they do it basically in three out of four segments in this episode they're like Ooh, spooky. And then this Ooh. segment, they're like, but really, this lady's full of shit. And we're going to prove it. <laughs> and it's, it's very strange when they decide to, uh, to apply I think, some rigor. I think maybe Unsolved Mysteries, hopefully they've turned a corner here. Because certainly, like, we've noticed in the first season that when the, with these sort of segments, not only were they not challenging people, they were mm-hmm. just outright letting people pitch books on the subject right 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 and and though they have gotten away from the the book pitches it does feel like they were still letting a lot of shit go by but man they really they really uh they really uh came down hard on this one i think uh and correctly so so there's a woman named katie we don't get a last name that's fine um she has a lot of she's got a lot going on in her life uh the first charge I believe is that she sees dead people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that where they start? Okay. So Katie many years ago was standing in her kitchen and she was washing dishes or what have you. And she sees a older gentleman walk from the front door straight back to her bedroom. And Katie's like, what are you doing in my house? And so she goes to the back bedroom to try and confront this man who just apparently walked in her house and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out in the reenactment in her bedroom, there is a very sick wallpaper of like a sunset. I cannot imagine anything more eighties. It's like a scene of a sunset. Did you catch this? I didn't catch that. It's it's really awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna it's, go back and watch that. It's like one of these full um full piece wallpapers where it's like a scene. So sometimes you can see it of like. A forest or whatever they're still pretty popular but like it's of, of like a cali 
beach surf sunset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, let's not get hung up on that. So she walks to her back bedroom. There's no one there. Well, a couple weeks, days later or whatever, she's looking through some photo albums with her husband. And she sees a picture of her husband's father. Yes. I uh, don't. Or, 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 yeah. Yeah. Her husband's father. I don't recall if Unsolved Mysteries or not addresses whether or not his father's still alive. <laughs> like, I'm assuming, yeah, of course, his, she knows who the guy was because his dad presumably wouldn't have been at their wedding. So I'm going to guess that for the sake of the story. Uh, oh, she mentions that her husband's dad passed away like years before they met. I think. Right. Okay. But still, it's interesting that she never saw an image of her husband's yeah, father. Yeah, I'm, immediately I'm like, if those photo albums are just sitting in your house, maybe you get bored one day. Anyway. So she says, mm-hmm. oh, that's the man who walked into the house. So so the first charge with Katie is that she sees dead people, apparently. So we got six cents. Six cents. Okay. Next up <laughs> is the, there's a policeman of FBI guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he got linked up with old Katie here, but uh, he seems to think Katie possesses some sort of insight into crimes. So Mm -hmm. there's some, she's able to receive projections. What is that? Is that just telepathy? Uh, Telepathy would be like, you can communicate with other people with your mind, right? Uh, Sure. Um, the other thing is they're showing the former police investigator and the psychiatrist. And the only caption they're putting under their image is things is former police investigator and psychiatrist. So I guess people aren't giving their names. <laughs> to this. But I, uh, let me tell you, I certainly wouldn't want my name attached to anything going on in this segment. Yeah. I'm, that's a little odd because they're, they're identified, but their names aren't given on the screen the way that they normally are in the show (laughs) so anyway uh so this former police investigator i guess would like drive around with katie and uh you know one time katie identified um some items that have been stolen in a burglary from a house and described the interior of the house to the point where the investigator thought oh did katie rob the house she may have (laughs) um and then another time they were driving around again i don't know why i don't know how these people met i don't know how he recruited her or maybe she recruited him who knows they're driving around and katie starts to smell marijuana reefer mm-hmm. if you will very strongly and she uh is this in florida this feels like florida this feels like florida hard uh, but I don't think they identify where this is. I think it might be Florida, actually. In- instinctively, it feels f- like Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, so they drive down to the beach where Katie says the reefer smells the strongest. And Katie's like, yeah, two weeks from now, there's going to be some weed here. And uh, sure enough, two weeks later, a couple of bales of uh, marijuana wash up on the shore. So, what are the odds that she buys marijuana and is acquaintances with marijuana distributors and just happen to know? Or uh, even Unsolved Mysteries points mm-hmm. out that apparently it was a well-known fact amongst the local community that mm-hmm. marijuana mm-hmm. shipments get unloaded on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, and then... So, <laughs> so, we got, so, we got the dead zone. 
Okay, the dead zone. All right, so that's that's charge number two. Number three is that, and this is the strangest one of all, uh, that Katie sweats gold. Yeah, or uh, they gave the the exact the exact metal composition was like what eighty percent copper and twenty percent zinc. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. What's 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 the chemical composition of fool's gold? Um, I'm well. You're going to talk about what happens to Katie while I lo- lo- look that up. Okay. So, uh, yes, Katie allegedly uh, sweats a sort of gold-like substance, and occasionally diamonds. Yeah, uh, di- diamonds and she, jewels she, come out of her mouth and her eyes. Eyes, sort of like you know. So instead of tears, she. Her tears are diamonds. And we get a psychiatrist who is absolutely convinced that this is actually happening. Um, Though I think even Unsolved Mysteries, again, in a shockingly incredulous um, moment points out that like all of the videos we have of her doing this mm-hmm. are videos that were like shot at home, right? On her own VHS camcorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and regarding the crying diamonds, uh, we get, we get introduced to a, a wonderful skeptic, uh, named professor Paul Kurtz. Uh, who I think it, he he brings in a after seeing these 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 crying these diamond crying seg, uh, segments he brings in a was it a a illusionist mm-hmm. who is able to replicate the process of crying diamonds almost immediately by yeah. demonstrating that you just put the diamond you palm sort it of, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's you basically put it in the little crack between your ring and your middle finger, where no one can see it, and you can gesture around and whatnot, and then uh, and then you can see you can see in the video, Katie has it. That's exactly where it falls out from. Mm-hmm. This little gem. I mean, I really feel like this is anything with someone with just a little bit of practice could completely recreate. Yes. Um, yeah. and then you, you said they, they, uh, so I looked up the, the, it's pyrite is fool's gold. So that's actually an, uh, iron sulfide. So it's oh, not, okay. it's not that. I, I, I just thought it would be hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, don't you think that'd be a little too on the nose though? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously that's not what she would intend to, to, to set out for, mm-hmm. but Considering just how much this psychiatrist it just is is a true believer in this, and like I just I guess this just shows that you can be intelligent, mm-hmm. you can be educated, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming the deal with this guy is he believes in supernatural stuff, mm-hmm. and the thing is is with any belief you can allow it. Uh, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how educated you are. If you allow it to completely dictate how you interpret everything, mm-hmm. you're going to fall for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's confirmation bias, right? Yes, uh, as uh, that that would be the uh, political research. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> um, well, so. 
they also did you mention they also recreate how she could have gotten it's like basically gold leaf foil that you can buy at like michael's and, <laughs> yeah. and they have they have some uh of the uh the scientist who's presenting the case against katie they have some of his like interns recreate right. with hairspray basically yeah, there's, a, there's not too much in the way of reenactments in this yeah. segment but the real life documenting of like how to recreate this stuff is immensely fascinating and yeah they that 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 part was really really fascinating yeah and they show how you can get the gold leaf to like stick on your skin um just by using some hairspray and applying it and it'll hold there and they and the girls in the in the uh experiment i said well i've you know i've been wearing this all day on my face so (laughs) you know you get some 1980s aquanet and a little gold leaf Mm -hmm. and uh you can do some interesting stuff so I think what Stack says at the end of the segment is that Katie's never attempted to profit off of, I mean, other than getting her own Unsolved Mysteries segment. Segment, yeah. But so again, it's... she doesn't give a last name. It doesn't seem like she wants to uh, draw too much attention to herself, but she probably doesn't want to draw too much skepticism either. I'm going to just go ahead and speculate that this is someone who lives a very boring life yeah. and wanted you know, just to have some attention and have something other than the everyday humdrum. Yeah. I, I don't, she's not hurting anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, mean I, I, yeah, I'm not like, I don't feel any rage at this person. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she's, she's far less of, she, she's, she, she's far less malicious than like those hypnotists in season one who were selling their books about alien abductions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I would say, I'd say there's something to, she's not, trying to be like a medium where she's like, I can talk to the dead and giving people false hope and all that. She's not doing any of that stuff. It doesn't seem like she's just kind of doing some cool party tricks from what I can tell. So, um, Hey, speaking of people who want attention, do you want (laughs) to move on to the last segment here? Uh, So we get paddle boat past life. Part two. So Georgia, whatever her name is, from Rudolph, from several episodes ago, it might have even been season two. It, our, <laughs> our listeners may recall that there, she was a woman who believed herself to be a reincarnation uh-huh. of someone from Ohio named uh, Sandra Sandra Jenkins. Uh, yes, it it, re- it literally does not matter. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we covered all this in excruciating detail. Right. But basically, we came to the conclusion that this was someone who wanted attention, mm-hmm. uh, looked up the details of this individual uh, from the past, and was claiming that she was this woman who... What was it? This, this, this was another uh, tragic thing where, like, uh, the fiancé... Yeah died uh, i can't remember yeah tommy hicks the fiance fell off the fell off did the he boat. fall off the paddle and so like the woman the real life woman in the past committed suicide yeah uh, after yeah well so christo mm-hmm. would you believe hmm. that after this segment aired mm-hmm. they were contacted by someone in this case a Professor, I mm. think he was. Wow. Named Jack Turnock. Mm-hmm. Who apparently 
is the reincarnation of the boyfriend. Shut the front door. Yeah. How would he, he but how would he know that? <laughs> is regressive it, hypnotic oh, sessions. Shit. Oh. No. Yeah, we're we're back we're back to that. Okay. Uh, that, is, that has worked its way back and uh, uh so yes, Jack Turnock uh believes after after his regressive hypnotic sessions mm-hmm. he had memories of being some guy in the past and mm-hmm. maybe uh, he had uh like, he was listing the stuff he remembered that it, like he was a guy in the past from around the turn of the century memories of a like of a river and then having like uh, a love interest mm-hmm. with dark hair mm-hmm. and I guess these are these were dreams or something or something that had been, been with him for a while mm-hmm. and under regressive hypnosis yep a a psych- psychologist, has helped him come to the conclusion that he was in fact the the past love of uh, Georgia Rudolph's past Mm. love. You know, I was kind of thinking this would be interesting if Unsolved Mysteries had connected Georgia with uh, Dr. Turnoff. Right. And and had them compare experiences. That's where I really thought this update was going, is they got them together to try and see... they could corroborate each other's story or it's strange. They did not No, They basically just talk about this guy and this guy's like, yeah, that was me. I was Tommy Hicks. And then that's it. <laughs> that's literally the segment. Yeah. We, we, we also get some insight into how, uh, uh, Dr. Smith, right. That was the mm-hmm. name of the guy. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they talk with him twice, and the mm. first time he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know. I need to see some evidence before I believe any of this." And mm. then, like, hypnotic session later, yep, yep, we, he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think it bears repeating because we probably haven't brought this up since like alien, alien visitation from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, Rest stop alien (laughs) visitation. Once again, regressive hypnosis is generally not accepted as a legitimate psychological technique. Mm -hmm. So the idea that if you put someone under hypnosis, they're in a state to remember things perhaps they'd forgotten. Um, What hypnosis is used for in psychology now is to plant suggestions. So... Oh, it's the actual opposite. <laughs> um, because people people in hi- hypnosis are in a highly suggestive state. So let's say you want to quit smoking or you want to eat less. You go to a hip- hypnotist. It's like the movie Office Space. You're yeah. a hypnotist. You say, this is my problem. They put some suggestions in your mind while you're in this state. So hopefully, you know, you can address whatever behavior it is that you want to start or stop doing. Yeah, yeah. It is not, regressive hypnosis is not a legitimate thing. I think it bears worth repeating. So, um, Robbie, did you like this, this segment, segment or just how, how did you feel about the show in general? Well, in general, I feel like the show was an immense letdown. I wasn't spooky enough. No, I, we was... were last week. We were promised big spookies. And we only got a little, yeah, we got a little spooky. 
We just got yeah. a little spooky, and it was the guy who disappeared in the desert. That that was the highlight of the episode. Yeah. Um. I mean, the gray the gray man is would would have been fine mm-hmm. if that was the only non non scary episode because it was still it was it was an unexplained thing, so mm-hmm. it it would work fine enough, but. So, so I mean, really, you put the first two segments together, you, mm-hmm. you you're gonna have you you still have a decent episode. Mm-hmm. The uh, but it really takes a downhill turn when we deal with Katie's gold bleeding mm-hmm. segment, and then what is really like basically a segment that's about sixty percent clip show mm-hmm. where we just get Georgia the uh, all you know a rerun of Georgia's stuff and mm-hmm. then add on Jack Turnock's uh uh claim mm-hmm. and man like it cra- this episode crashes so badly at the halfway mark it really does uh, try better unsolved mysteries <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Robbie. Yeah. Now you had sent some uh, gifts out to our Patreons. I did. And uh, you got some responses back. You want to talk about that? Yes. Uh, if you if you're one of the handful of people who've already signed oh, up. To excuse me. The multitudes. The mul- Sorry. The 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 the, the vast. <laughs> There's so many. There's like so many. We can't even keep up with you. There's like so many Patreons now. Let let me tell you, it it broke my bank to send all that stuff off. Wow. Wow. Um, Yes. Included amongst all the stuff I sent, which had a number of uh, odds and ends stuff, like some postcard related stuff from Dayton. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as Dayton has become sort of a running uh, reference on our, our, our pod, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked, we've talked about Dayton plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you actually check out our social media, you'll see that Dayton is in the running to be named Reader's Digest Friendliest Place in America. Wow. 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 Yeah. So... Uh, you know, for those of you who've heard so much about Dayton, I threw in some interesting postcards as well as some other assorted things. But included with that was some surveys. Mm-hmm. And so far, some people have sent the surveys back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm i very pleased with how so far everyone who sent it back has accepted the challenge to draw a picture of Robert Stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like how uh, Alyssa even took it a step further and drew an image of Robert Stack on the TV mm-hmm. with a younger version of herself watching the TV. So we kind of have an infinite regression. Yeah. Going a very, something. very nice perspective, Alyssa. Uh, yes. I I, uh, I saw the picture as well. It was fantastic. Th- though I am I am kind of a little worried mm-hmm. that when part of the survey was asking what sort of things they would like in terms of the special Patri- Patreon only reward episodes, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone 
marked down that they wanted me eating more bags of candy and making myself sick. Um, Robbie, I think you have to give the people what they want. <laughs> I think, in <laughs> fact, if I recall correctly, Jen even, listener Jen even specified that that was her top, that was her mm-hmm. number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> You better better pick up some candy. Well, so the the reason I bring this up, folks, is just, this is the kind of personal attention and shenanigans that you too can get into if you decide to become a Patreon of our podcast. You can go to Patreon. Patreon, yeah, Patreon dot com slash Reenacted Pod. Um, I think it's five bucks to become an official rumper, but you can toss in whatever you're comfortable with. So if it's only, you know, a dollar a month or something like that, if that's more your speed. We totally understand. Uh, other ways to get in touch, reenactedpod at gmail.com. We've gotten some really lovely fan letters. Um, let's see what else. Five, rate and review five stars on iTunes, please. You guys. Oh man. That's really the fuel that keeps us going is when other people can find our pod and that helps us out quite a bit. Have you heard something about iTunes being stopped or taken down? Yeah, yeah, it's coming to an end, but like, don't worry about that right now. <laughs> um, it's going to be uh, parsed out into like, uh, there's going to be some kind of podcast app and then some kind of music app. Because right okay, now everything so, lives in iTunes, so it's going to. So get, our five our five star reviews won't just like disappear. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay. That would be a problem for more than people than just us. I think. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So rate and review on iTunes. Um, we're Robbie. What's going on with? Are we on Facebook still? What's going on with that? Yes, we have. Uh, if you go, we have a stupid Facebook page that <laughs> I made. Yeah. Did you did, did you prompt me just because you wanted to hear me say that? No, uh, I thought you were going to talk about the fan page. That was it. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 and there is a non-stupid thing. <laughs> With that listener Alyssa actually put together, it yeah. is the let me see if I it is the reenacted podcast fans page where you can actually go on that and post to your heart's content. Yeah, uh, your your friend Nicole posted a recipe for how to make a Wendy's Frosty. Cool, <laughs> thanks, Nicole. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at it. It doesn't seem entirely right to me. Okay, but I don't know anything about cooking, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, one 14 ounce can of sweetened condensed milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One half gallon chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. And one eight ounce tub of Cool Whip. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that? Yeah, I feel like if you, if you threw everything like that in an ice cream maker, you'd probably get a pretty decent frosty out of it. Oh, man. That sounds right. I want a frosty now. Oh, damn. You should go get a frosty. I probably should. Yeah. Hey, um, Robbie, do you want to do the thing? Yes. Um... Take, take your time. Um, join us. Wait, perhaps someone is watching. Oh my god! I <laughs> just said the episode. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>